0: Hi, this is Nathan Lunsford, one of the producers of The Storage Papers. Today we'll be introducing another horror podcast called Mailtopia. Mailtopia is a horror universe in which multiple series and stories take place in the same world and often intersect and inform one another. Today's episode will be from the Mailtopia series called The Shepherd of Wolves, where an infamous serial killer is invited to participate in a deadly game by a mysterious deity. If you're into cosmic horror and dark fantasy, be sure to check out Mailtopia. That's spelled... M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy. Greenwich was shocked today as police arrived to investigate two grizzly wilds. to say the women's feet were sewn together at the bottom of the floor, so the mere images of each other. a of the It was some time ago when it happened. When I received my invitation, I remember it quite clearly. My sister and I were in the basement of a deserted cabin, long abandoned to an unnamed stretch of woods, working on the final piece to my most recent art tour. It was my intention to bind my subject, a wealthy paper mill owner, in his own viscera. I remember being tickled by the prospect of someone discovering him in the bowels of that rotted cottage. Some curious soul braving the dark, chasing the void with a flashlight. Until, at last, their eyes spilled across my work. Red, beautiful, and wrapped tightly in coils of glistening ribbon. It was an inspiration well worth the time, as any meaningful piece of art always is despite how doomed it may be to fail. With my sister in hand, I cut through the man's flesh, bones, muscles, and organs. All the materials the dead world uses to imprison us, keep us caged in this rotting box. It was only when I adequately hollowed out my subject and reached toward the steaming meats coiled neatly to my left, that I noticed the first signs of a calling A stray collection of entrails, far removed from the gut pile, assumed an order that was neither random nor the adjustment of my rambling subconscious. Rather, it seemed deliberate, even welcoming. Displayed in a kind of stylized cursive was a series of letters. They spelled Dismas. Naturally I knew nothing as to what the word meant, but I was certain of one thing. It was the most important sequence of letters I had ever laid eyes upon. However, it should be stressed that it is not altogether unusual for strange things to happen to me, as I walk a path through life that is not externally defined. By that I mean, I am not controlled by outside things, jobs, laws, people. I move because of internal motivations, something that society has attempted to extinguish in favor of more collective goals. The most conspicuous of these internal motivations is murder, of course. Murder is just a parenthetical consequence of a much deeper and effective motivation. But it should suffice to say that killing people requires me to live a little bit less commonly than most. But I do get to see the world from a completely different vantage, as my life is not permitting of routines, normal or otherwise. I must always change if I'm to confuse those who would put a stop to me. So I move through darkened landscapes of abandoned rooms and forgotten attics, like normal people pass down roads and hallways, but I rarely, if ever, overlap my path. In my travels, I have seen the world hidden between the established routines of conventional life. And by that I mean externally motivated life. It can be quite extraordinary, or perhaps just secretly ordinary, as strange things occur just as often as traditional spectacles, and with no less connection to nature, if only less visibly. That being said, I had never before seen internal organs assume the shape of a wonderfully grisly coil of red letters, and in a splendid cursive hand, no less. It was some time before the word became anything other than a platform for half-formed dreams and a warm, unnamed purpose. Yet, one evening, while I had been examining a map, planning a deliberately confusing art tour. I ran across the word that had been birthed from the belly of a wealthy paper mill owner. The stillborn letters were a match for the name given to a thick expanse of woods that wrapped around a nearby body of water. My art tour, it appeared, would be taking a significant detour from my tentative schedule of stops, and I could hardly wait. I had no choice but to follow the compulsion tugging at me. It took me beyond the city and into the woods. I floated through thickets and meadows, and I felt the shadows of dead trees fall across me. They are appreciably colder than the shadows of their living counterparts. It seemed like I was walking the halls of a forested and celestial home as the atmosphere exuded the shelter of gigantic enclosed places. The treetops fashioned the darkening firmament into a great threshold, making the sky seem like a yawning portal to a cosmic chamber where something waited patiently, breathing in the silence of dead space. I could still see through the growing darkness even as the shadows quickly gnawed away at the periphery of my vision. The night was closing off the world, but the pull of an invisible force kept me one step ahead of the advancing blackness. Soon the night trapped me, falling from all sides at once, surrounding me within a single blot of dying amber. The dim light drifted beyond me, letting the darkness crawl across my body, soft and silent. The shrinking twilight managed to survive but a few seconds longer before it melted around a small wooden cabin, leaving behind only a ghost of warmth that the night soon exercised with a cold breeze. The tugging became the slightest cobweb, compelling me in the direction of the crumbling shack. I entered the structure through a hole that was once a door, and strode into its blackened innards. Something stirred. Whatever it was, it was aware of me. I carefully slipped beneath the quiet as the pulling dissipated into the air. I was so very close to my destination. My sister came into my hand, her glittering laughter dancing beyond the silence as I vanished into a solid patch of purest darkness, waiting. The hidden creature was a patient thing indeed, and while its movements never betrayed it, its smell eventually did. It was something wild and carnivorous, and it was a predator of some distinction. A cougar, perhaps. My second sister rose from her bed, and they grinned at me. I smiled back. I moved toward the source of the smell, and I made no secret of my approach. I could feel the big cat's senses fluttering all around me, whispering away with some of my deepest secrets. I allowed the theft, as I wanted the cat to know the risk it took in confronting me. The cougar made its departure, merging into a current of darkness that surged through the distant window. I returned my sisters to their slumber and sought out that which I was meant to find. I walked the darkness-filled rooms of the cabin until the invisible threads that guided me fell away completely. I lit a match. The trembling light touched something old and dead. There was a skeleton before me. Partly submerged in the dirt floor, as if the ground had quickly solidified around its white, flailing limbs. I removed the bones from the cold earth, examining them in minute detail. A rib bone had been shattered, perhaps by a bullet. In its ragged shirt pocket, there was a knife and an age-chewed notebook. Within the book's yellowed pages, I found only a small list of six names, three of which had been crossed out. Moving on... I found piles of cut-out newspaper articles stacked in a corner, every one of them concerning the business of murderers. My own efforts were among the many collected vignettes. I was happy for the opportunity to revisit the work of one particular artist whose paints outlined his dying vision of me. I have no doubt he intended the picture for me rather than the police and the newspapers, as he was clearly grateful for the experience I had granted him to peek behind the curtain of his own skin to see what he was truly meant to become. While his depiction was wildly inaccurate, within this world at least, I'm pleased he thought it appropriate to render me slightly inhuman. As I held the notebook in my hands and studied the names, it slowly became apparent that a great task had been passed to me. I knew in the same way I could feel certain shadows watching over me when I worked a gosmer breeze that whispered beneath my skin letting me know what flesh could never tell i would cross off the remaining names